0: Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of people will go to Zillow as the default and say, oh, believe me, a review on Zillow. Zillow is only one site. And yes, they are massive, but they're only one company. What about Realtor? What about, you know, Trulia? What about Redfin? What about all those other sites that people are going to for information? If they're not going to Zillow as their first resource, you're losing out on a huge market share of your business. Google by just having your reviews in there, by having those keywords, you know, for me specifically, I'm in Spring Lake, New Jersey, uh, which is a pretty affluent area. So, you know, when you type in Spring Lake real estate, I wanna be the first person to come up or one of the first people to come up on that search because I want myself to be pushed up further into that algorithm and be able
1: to grow my business. Hello, and welcome to The Agent Podcast. With your host, that's me, Raymond Shulseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my friend from New Jersey, Andre Leonardo Di Stefano. I think I said that right. How'd I do?
0: You got it. You got it. Hey, Raymond, how are you? Hey, Thanks, I'm friend. good.
1: I'm good. Thanks for joining me today, man. It's my, my pleasure and a privilege to, to have you here. So I appreciate it. Andre, I want to ask you, how did you get into real estate?
0: So, sort of a textured story, I guess I should say, so back in 2016, I was working on a digital marketing company that I owned, um, I did some freelancing work here and there, and I got a call from an agent down in La Valette, New Jersey, which is about an hour south of me, and she had mentioned to me that she was looking for someone to kind of handle her social media handle a lot of her management stuff, her marketing and so on and so forth. So we got together, we hit it off and it worked great. And I worked with her for about a year or so. I was still in school at the time, so I was doing it part time and I did some of her operations stuff as well. But through that and through the social media, I really honed in on my skills to kind of pick up what was needed to really be a great real estate agent. I mean, she was um, in New Jersey, we have platinum, the circle of excellence so essentially what that is it's different levels so there's a bronze level a silver level a gold level and a platinum level so platinum is the highest you can get i think it's 30 million dollars in production like 125 units or something something of that nature so she was a platinum producer so she really knew real estate well and knew the game and knew the industry and it was a great resource to have and she's still one of my mentors to this day so i kind of I guess, went under her wings, so to speak. And she taught me a little bit about the industry before I was licensed. So when I didn't get licensed, I had a huge, huge level up on a lot of other agents because I had so much potential information for that. So that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great. So how long did you do digital marketing prior to getting in the real estate business?
0: I started when I was sophomore in college. So I've always had a really entrepreneurial spirit. I started my first business when I was like 13, I think. And yes. it was just stupid, like little lawn stuff here and there. I would like go around, like cut lawns for people in the neighborhood. And then I did snow plowing for a little bit in the winter to kind of like, I guess, make that uh, transition for the seasons. Cause obviously New Jersey, we have four seasons. So, um, I started then and I really just loved being my own boss. And so I decided originally, like I was going to go to college. I was going to do this whole thing, but I felt like I wasn't really fulfilled as far as after I went into like a nine to five, I was an analyst for a bit, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So I started my first business then, then when I was in a sophomore in college, I started a digital marketing company, just a very small niche thing where I can freelance and kind of help people get the social media and hone in on their skills to grow that marketing base. So I did that for, since I started in 2014, I believe, and then I did it until 2018. And we had a pretty good client base. I mean, we were, you know, doing pretty well. I had a few different niches of different industries. I had the real estate, obviously. I had bakeries. I had the gym. I had a hair salon. So I really sort of diversified my portfolio, so to speak, of clientele, which was really cool because you got to see it from different aspects versus just like the one, you know, one position of the one industry. So that was really awesome.
1: So coming into the real estate world and becoming an agent over the last few years specifically, right? You're equipped with a bigger toolbox than a lot of agents that were already existing when it comes to marketing and digital marketing and that transformation. Can Can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So... We were discussing this a little bit earlier, but when I came in, so I came in as a brand new agent in March of 2020, March 13, 2020, actually, to be exact. And that was two days prior to the shutdown for New Jersey for the entire you know, essential workers only and real estate went completely virtual. So everyone was sort of on an even playing field. There were seasoned agents that have been in the business for 40 years. And there was me, a brand new agent who just came into it with no really recollection of in practice real estate. So it really helped me because I was able to really hone in on my digital marketing skills and grow my business before a lot of other agents were even able to because it was all virtual. So so much, because so much of it was put forth online, there were so many people getting in, I was getting in front of so many people rather, and it just, it just blew up. And I did fairly well in my first year, I would say for a full-time agent. And I was just blown away by how fast the business grew and more, more so how much social media really impacted that, because that was just such a huge driver, I feel for uh, the reason why I did well in my first year.
1: So what are some of the things that you focused on within your business digitally and using social media that helped you move your business forward faster?
0: The biggest thing for me was search engine optimization. Search engine optimization is so huge and having a Google My Business page that has reviews and photos and videos and all those things is so critical and such the pinnacle of Really, how people find you online. You have to be in front of those drivers because otherwise, you'll get left in the dust, and a lot of these other agents will come up, and your competition will pick up where you left off, essentially. So I really went hit the ground running and started to Google my business page. I think one of the first the first week I was licensed, I really started that and getting those you know those photos up there, even if it wasn't obviously, I didn't have listings yet. But just, you know, homes I found online that were great and like things like that. I just put those photos up. I put an introduction out there, which I think might still be on the profile, actually. Just myself introducing myself as a new agent in the area and just really trying to grow that, making sure those keywords were right. So obviously there's a lot that goes into it that we can't cover on this episode specifically But there's just so much that goes into it that really makes a difference. And it's just little things here and there, getting those reviews after each sale, getting those photos updated as much as possible. So that really drives the traffic. And I think for me, that was a really big factor as to why I did, you know, did what I did in my first year.
1: So this is awesome because we haven't talked about it. And I am a huge proponent of Google My Business being completely underutilized And it's a a free resource. So, you know, like in my program, I teach that and I have a free guide on how to actually build your page, which I'll drop in this episode for people to grab. Like you're talking about, like, this is a big deal. And a lot of people I feel when I tell about this, they don't treat it like a big deal. How come it's such a big deal to you?
0: Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of people will go to Zillow as the default and say, oh, leave me a result, leave me a review on Zillow. Zillow is only one site. And yes, they are massive, but they're only one company. What about Realtor? What about you know, Trulia? What about Redfin? What about all those other sites that people are going to for information? If they're not going to Zillow as their first resource, you're losing out on a huge market share of your business. Google. By just having your reviews in there, by having those keywords, you know, for me specifically, I'm in Spring Lake, New Jersey, uh, which is a pretty affluent area. So, you know, when you type in Spring Lake real estate, I want to be the first person to come up or the one of the first people to come up on that search because I want myself to be pushed up further into that algorithm and be able to grow my business because I'm not big into cold calling, never have been. Um, I don't think I ever will be. I just don't have the guts for it. But kudos to everyone who does. And so I feel like for me, I rely on the marketing standpoint. And my coach always tells me, he's like, you know, you, you can do the marketing, but always make sure you're prospecting as well. And obviously, that's a huge proponent of the business as well. But The biggest thing for me is marketing and really getting in front of people without actively getting in front of people. So obviously we can get into retargeting and all those things that Let the
1: algorithm do the work, right?
0: Right, exactly. Let the algorithm do the work and let them push you further up into that search engine so that you're getting more hits, you're getting more calls and all sort of snowballs, so.
1: I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's that's an important point. And I always say, Google cares about Google first. So if you have a Google My Business page and you have Google reviews, guess what's going to come up first? Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you have quite an entrepreneurial background. So it was a very natural transition for you to get into real estate and know that, hey, yeah, I'm starting a business and I'm a new agent and this is what it wants to look like or what you want it to look like. Tell me about your first listing
0: my first listing. So my first listing was actually I lucked out because my first listing was from direct mail, which I'll also talk about. I'm huge into direct mail. So I sent out a postcard to a gentleman who lived in Seabray, which is right on the beach. So it's a great area. I was prospecting in that area of farming, that sort of thing. And he was actually listed with another agent at the time. And so I said, you know, I'm not trying to poach any listings. I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes. But I happen to have, you know, you were in my farm area, so I just sent him this card. And he sent me an email and said, hey, Andre, nice to meet you. Thanks for sending your card. I just got it at my home in Seabright. We are on the market. We have an agent. If you have any buyers, feel free to send them by. So I said, OK, great. Thanks so much for reaching back out. You know, just really cordial. And, you know, a few months went by and I realized I saw the listing had expired. And I said, hmm, that's really interesting. I guess I'll give this guy a call. So I shot him an email and said, hey, just wanted to touch base with you, saw that listing expired, wasn't sure if you sold it off market or if you were still in the market to sell your home, but give me a call and we'll, we'll have a conversation. So probably about 10 minutes later, he texted me back and said, hey, let's have a call tomorrow at 10, 10 a.m. And I said, OK, great. Let's see where this goes. I wasn't really putting anything on it, but you know, just kind of wanted to see where it went. So we have the conversation. He's telling me a little bit about it. He was unhappy with the last broker. And I said, you know, I think there's a lot I can do here. I think there's a lot of leverage I can put into play on this listing. I grew up in the area. I know it really, really well. The other brokers had the disadvantage of not being from the area. So they didn't necessarily know the comps. They didn't necessarily know. They knew it was on paper, essentially. Um, But I knew beyond that because I know the market really well in this area, even before I was in real estate. So I said, let's have a conversation. Let's sit down. Um, And we did. And we talked a bit. And he said, you know, I want to see if you could potentially get me some buyers on this. And I said, "Okay, well, I can't really push it without a listing agreement. And he said, all right, let me think about it. So I guess a few days went by and he called me back and said, can we do an office exclusive? And I said, sure, let's do an office exclusive. So he gave me, you know, the go ahead. We signed the contract. We listed at 2.875 million for the house and it sat for about two weeks and we got a buyer and then we sold. I think we closed at two five. So um it was a really great experience. I mean, I have a mentor. I'm very lucky that beyond the mentor that I worked with previously that got me into real estate. I have a really great family friend who's been in the business for 30 years. She knows real estate so well. It's her life. Like she lives and breathes it. So she actually co-brokered it with me and we, uh, we knocked it out the park. So I was really lucky on that. And, uh, sort of the momentum grew from there.
1: Yeah, and a $2.5 million million dollar first listing is not a bad day, right? Like Not bad at all. No, yeah, that's incredible. Experience. You mentioned direct mail. I'd love for you to touch on direct mail and talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so direct mail is also a big gross proponent of my business. I felt as soon as I got started, what I did was I sent out, much like the video interview, um, I find it very necessary to sort of diversify your marketing campaigns. So have a little bit of online, have a little bit of print. And make sure through that you're focusing on both lead generation and brand awareness. So, my brand awareness was essentially my Facebook ads, like things like that. I also put up a billboard at one point, which was kind of cool. So that was good brand awareness. And then the marketing side of it was just a sort of getting my name out there and making sure that people knew who I was. So when I first started, I sent out an introductory postcard to my whole neighborhood and sort of farmed my neighborhood I grew up in and said, hey, I'm an agent now. Just wanted to let everyone know if you have anything to buy or sell or you know anyone who does, let me know. Um, And nothing really came out of it right away. Um, It's obviously a consistency thing where you do have to really follow up and be really diligent with your consistency in that sense. So I sent that out. Um, After that, I sent out, calendars. So annually I send out calendars with my face on it. So last year was the first year I did that. I got some good feedback from that. I got a listener or two out of that as well, and a few buyers. So it really worked out well on that end. And then what I'll do is can, I, can I
1: pause you real quick there, Andre. Sure. So how much did you spend to send the calendars? Just ballpark. It was like 200 bucks, something so like you that. You spent 200 bucks and you got one or two listings and some prospective buyers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's amazing. Sorry keep going. I just oh, want to make sure. a point.
0: So I send holiday cards. So, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, Halloween, um, my Halloween cards will be going out shortly. So it's really great to have sort of that leverage because there's a lot of people getting postcards obviously, but if you're doing it you're going to stand out because even if this person throws out your card every time, they're going to know who they're throwing out because they're going to see your name on it before they throw it out. So hopefully they're not throwing it out, but you know, in worst case scenario. So there's that. And then I send just listing cards, just sold cards. So I've really tried to stay in touch with my base as much as I can. Um, I'll send follow-ups just for past clients to kind of do pop buys and things of that nature. So the print marketing is definitely important. I think if you're a new agent, getting the print marketing aspect of the business done is so crucial because there are people who still are not online as as hard as it is to believe in 2021. There are people, but guess what? Everyone gets U.S. mail. so
1: Yeah, I always talk about multiple sources of leads. And if you're going to be a real estate agent, an insurance agent, a mortgage broker, any type of agent or professional, specifically within the business too, you need multiple sources of leads, right? So for you, you have your Google My Business, you have your direct mail, you have your social media pages, and... Regardless of whether, you know, 80% of your work comes from one lead channel or it's, you know, 30, 30, 30, as an example, you still need those multiple sources of leads just to do what you said, brand awareness, marketing efforts, getting in front of people, staying in touch with your database, with your sphere of influence, with your network. Did you learn that from your digital marketing company and doing that for other people? Like, how did you figure that out?
0: Um, So I did. I mean, I took a little bit of everything out of it. I mean, from my side personally, and then I also grew from that end as well. But the digital marketing company, I would say was a huge proponent of my success because I had so much bandwidth in terms of knowing what to do and what not to do that it just, it worked out perfectly and it really helped me. But also, like I said, it's all trial and error. So just being in the business, knowing what to do and what didn't work and what did work, and where to put my marketing dollars and my focus and not to was a huge proponent. I think failure is a huge success of uh, failure is a huge aspect of success. So that's something I firmly believe. So I think not knowing what to do is in a way a benefit because you're kind of trying everything out and getting your feet wet, so to speak. So you're able to really diversify what you're doing and kind of figure out um, what exactly works for you and what doesn't.
1: So instead of asking you three things you wish you knew before getting into real estate, can I ask you, what are a couple things that we could share with people of what not to do in your opinion, um, from a digital marketing perspective, does anything come top of mind?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think what I've learned throughout my experience with real estate and then prior to that was make sure you are using relevant keywords. And what I mean by that is make sure you're taking words that are generic enough that people are going to search, but not broad enough that they're going to sort of gloss over you. So, for example, if you're in Idaho, don't put in Idaho real estate. Make sure you're centering in on a city. And then kind of using broad searches within that city, maybe Boise, so say Boise real estate, Boise realtors, you know, multifamily homes in Boise, like that sort of thing, because you're getting enough of an impact from the people who are looking for you that they're going to find you, but you're also not sort of broad enough that you're going to be that far down on the search engine optimization list and the algorithm for Google, because at the end of the day, like we discussed, that's what it all comes down to is the algorithm is King and Google cares about themselves first. So if you're not really putting yourself out there, you're not necessarily going to succeed because there's going to be that loss in translation moment where people are saying, well, what am I doing wrong? Um, You have to be, like I said, generic enough that you can be found but not broad enough that essentially you're essentially not being
1: filmed, I guess, if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. Anything else coming to mind?
0: So I would say also with the digital marketing, make sure you're consistent. Make sure you're posting regularly. That's really big. Um, if you're on Instagram, make sure you're using stories, you're using reels. I wasn't using reels for a really long time. And then this great thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Clubhouse came along. And uh, it opened up my world to a whole new possibility. I met so many amazing agents through Clubhouse that really used their Instagram even more than I did to their benefit and really grew their business that way. And social media for me has always never been something where it's my be all to end all. Like I said, I try to diversify. But I'm still obviously working like everyone else is on growing my platform, growing my audience, things of that nature. Um, By no means Instagram famous, I wish, but not yet. So it's really important to sort of use all those features because just like Google, Instagram is going to use your social media to push you further into their, you know, their Discover page, their Explore page, what have you. Um, Same with Facebook, same with YouTube, same with any of those. It's such a pinnacle of just not necessarily having to be up front and center all the time, but growing that virtually, you know, it's not going to grow overnight. So you just kind of work consistently and kind of get that to be where to, at a place where you're able to, you know, sort of grow that.
1: Yeah. And I think you hit on a point about pick one thing, do it consistently and then add on something else and do it consistently versus I need to be on Facebook, I need to be on LinkedIn, I need to be on Instagram, I need to be on YouTube and trying to do it all at once. Like that is a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, I would say there's levels. So you have to really hone in on what you know first and then as you go, learn. So I guess that's sort of my biggest thing is if you're never too old to learn anything, you can learn something new every day. And that's sort of the mantra I live by is, I don't know everything. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what the future is going to bring. So I really just have to keep going every day and day by day and kind of see what works and what doesn't
1: love that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. What, uh, what drives you, what gets you up in the morning to get back at it and keep building your business.
0: I'm really goal-oriented, so I believe goals are so important, but goals are really only the first step, right? I mean, you have a goal, which is great, but also it's how you're going to execute that. So every morning I have to wake up and I have to have a schedule and I have to have a game plan as to what's going to be done that day. So if I have to meet with Sally and John at ABC or 123 Main Street at 2 p.m., What am I going to do prior to 2 p.m. and after 2 p.m. That's going to fill my day so that I'm constantly really staying productive and keeping on track and making sure that I'm making moves, so to speak. And that I'm really just getting out there and getting, not only getting new business, but also working with my client business and my sphere of influence that I already have and making sure that if they have referrals for me, they're, you know, thinking about me I'm their first thought when I go to real estate. So I think having a disciplined schedule is definitely important. And so that's big on me for goals. Um, kind of went on a tangent there, but goals are really important. Um, and in real estate specifically, my clients drive me. I know it sounds cliche, but when I get to close on a house with my clients, who's a first-time home buyer that's been looking for a house, obviously in this market, and has lost out on three or four, it's great to be able to sit at that closing table, give them the keys and a closing gift and be like, congratulations. Um, and then the, on the other side of the coin, where I'm selling my client's house $50,000 over ask, and you know they listed it two weeks ago, that's also awesome as well. So I think my clients are my biggest driving force, getting those reviews that people are like, you did a great job. I'm sure there's some self validation in there, which might go a little bit deeper, but I think that's really important to me is just making sure people are happy and that I'm doing right by other, other people.
1: Were you always goal oriented? Like, did you just wake up that way? Or is that something that you've developed over time and nurtured to help design your life, so to speak?
0: It's something that I've had to work at, to be honest. Um, In school, I was always pretty conscientious as a student, but I did grow up with like a learning disability. So it was a little bit tough with that, like dyslexia and things of that nature, which still affects me to this day. I've sort of grown to get over it, so to speak, and make it sort of in the background, but it does still affect me from time to time. And that's really important to kind of highlight because I feel, Overcoming an obstacle is the best way to success because if you feel like success came easy to you, it's not necessarily as rewarding, I think. I mean, if as long, like if you were, how do I put this? If you're overcoming something, When you get to that goal and you meet that goal and exceed it, it's going to be that much sweeter because you're going to know all the work that went into it versus if you're just kind of jumping out of bed, making money hand over fist and you're really not trying, it might not mean as much. So I think that's really important to highlight that. Even if you have an obstacle to overcome, success is not too far away as long as you're working hard at it.
1: What's the one thing that you would like to pay for to our audience here? You know, if they can pull one nugget from our conversation of which there's many by the way thanks for that but what is the one thing that you would like to share for the professionals out there in the industry like hey just you know know this do this think about this understand this can you do you have anything that you can share with us
0: i do i have two actually so great my number one is don't think about the money as a new agent, don't ever go in with commission breath because it's gonna hurt you in the end. Um, I've seen it happen firsthand and it's ugly because people think they're you know, riding high and then all of a sudden they get that commission in the way and they tell their buyer or their seller to do something that might not be in their best interest. Guess who's not getting a referral out of that client? So I think ultimately don't count your money before you have it and don't even count it until closing day. Your check should be the first time you should know what you're making, in my opinion. I often don't know what I'm going to make on a deal until I get my commission check, which I think helps me be so much of a better agent and really help my clients through everything because I'm able to really put them first, not have any sort of ulterior motive, and just make sure that I'm giving them my undivided attention and giving them everything that I would, you know, had I not thought about making any money at all, um, as if I was volunteering. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, money's important. And obviously, money is a driving factor for a lot of people, and I get that. People have things that they need to pay for and bills and so on and so forth. But I think my biggest takeaway is don't ever focus on the money because it will come back and bite you. The other biggest thing too is make sure when you are sort of either getting a listing or working with buyers, make sure you're adding value because there's, I don't know how many other, how many agents, I don't have the statistics right now. New Jersey alone, there's obviously it's a very highly density populated area. There's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of agents that are working to do the same thing we're all doing. We're all buying and selling homes, but you can not look at it from that perspective. You have to think about it as you're in a relationship building business. You are essentially brokering a match made um, I call myself a matchmaker sometimes, just half jokingly, because you really are bringing back someone either with a buyer or seller or you know a buyer with their new home, a seller with a new home, whatever. It all comes, it's all relative. So I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're adding value because like I said, there's a thousand agents out there that can do the same thing you're doing. What sets you apart? What are you bringing to the table that other agents aren't bringing? What sort of new perspective are you bringing? So I think that's really important because as long as you're adding value, no one's going to have any reason to go anywhere else. You know, people don't use someone because it's them. They, add them, they use them because there's value added. And so I think if I've taken anything away from the past year and a half I've been in the business, it's you can lose the client as long as, as quick as you can get one. And it's really important just to set yourself apart.
1: So much truth in all of that. And, uh, you know, while so many people will say, hey, know your numbers, you need to know where you're at. I like the philosophy of not knowing what you're making and focusing on putting the client first and knowing that the money's going to come when it's going to come.
0: Exactly. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing what you love and you're passionate about it and you're doing a great job and you're doing right for your clients, the money's gonna come. Money's a byproduct, you know, I never focus on it because as tempting as it is to look at this commission check and say, Oh, I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars on this, you know, it it tends to even subconsciously just throw you off just the slightest a bit where you might be like, Well, take a step back and say, Am I doing right by my clients or am I thinking about my commission at the end of the day? And if it's number two. Reevaluate and do it all over
1: again. Yeah, cash flow will follow service, right? Hundred percent. Andre, what books do you read?
0: Um, so I've read a few. I'm I'm a Keller Williams guy, so I signed up with Keller. I'm big on Gary Keller's books. So actually, I have right here Quantum Leap by Nathan Gary Keller. I have Millionaire Real Estate Investor, I believe, down here somewhere. Yep, yeah, this one. Um, I have Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Without obviously going on a soapbox, Gary's a genius, in my opinion, and I think he really has the foresight of knowing what to do before it even happens, because with the whole COVID thing, it was really, he was an avid proponent in pushing us forward and kind of pushing us into that virtual realm, whereas a lot of other brokerages, I think we're kind of still stuck in their ways and we're kind of figuring it out. We already were one foot ahead. And, you know, I'm not a rah-rah kind of guy, but I do feel my company does set me apart and really gave me the tools to succeed with the training, with coaching, with mentorship, things like that. It's really been beneficial. Outside of him, I read, I read Ryan Serhant's book, um, Big Money Big Money Energy. Energy yeah. yeah, I read... Um, I'm in his program, Selling Star Hand. So, I mean, I've done a lot of different things and worked with a few different coaches because I think it's important to also get that diverse perspective from different people and see kind of what works for them. Because what works for one person obviously might not work for another. So getting those different perspectives and kind of taking these broker powerhouses and gathering all my information together and sort of putting that in practice in my own career, I think has been really helpful.
1: Like you said, trial and error, right? Like you have to try new things and figure out what either works for you as it is, or what can you adapt into your business and tweak that may work for you in your specific situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. Andre, this has been awesome. Um, Thank you so much for for your time. And uh, I look forward to having you on again when you have uh, even more transactions under your belt.
0: I appreciate it, Raymond. thank you so much for having me. I hope, uh, you know, the audience took away a lot of nuggets and some truths and we had some good time. So uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Where can these guys find you if they want to get in touch with you or they have a referral in the New Jersey area?
0: Yeah, so I'm big on Instagram. So my Instagram is at Andre Stills NJ. So pretty broad, but I mean, it sort of simplifies itself. And then my Facebook is Andre Leonardo Stefano. Um, my business page is Andre Leonardo Holmes. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm on those and some others, LinkedIn, Andre Leonardo Stefano. So the handles stay pretty similar, but you know the mission stays the same.
1: Thanks, Andre. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks, Raymond. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you on the next one.